0: Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe, then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel.
1: One of television's funniest men, Phil Hartman, who broke into the big time on Saturday Night Live was shot to death at his home in california today
2: phil hartman was a comedy legend his satirical impressions on saturday night live ruffled the feathers of america's most powerful i could buy and sell you and your little freak show so you find yourself on the
1: street wait a minute i own the street it was amazing he got to the essence of the person
2: On The Simpsons, his voice gave life to 18 iconic characters.
3: Hi, I'm Troy McClure. Everything he touched turned gold.
2: Among his peers, he was the ultimate team player.
3: He was known as the glue.
2: But in 1998, the home of one of America's favorite comic actors was stormed by armed police. Breakfast shows carried the sensational news that Phil Hartman had been shot to death in his bedroom.
3: Police are still trying to determine exactly what happened.
2: The horror escalates when police confirm that Phil's wife, Bryn, was by his side, also shot dead.
0: Phil and Bryn Hartman met horrific deaths inside their own home. I want to know what their autopsy reports tell me about how and why that happened.
2: Dr. Michael Hunter is a world-renowned forensic pathologist... He's performed over 4,000 autopsies to investigate and reveal the cause of death. Today, he's the chief medical examiner in one of America's biggest cities.
0: I have the autopsy reports for Phil Hartman and his wife, Bren Hartman. They were both killed by gunshot wounds. Phil has been shot three times, once in the head, another in the neck, and also one in the chest. And Bren has a single gunshot wound to her head. There is no doubt how these people died. But a closer look at the crime scene reveals a disturbing twist. Brynn has a gun in her hand and witnesses report that she has a finger still on the trigger. It's clear that Brynn shot herself. My question is, did she shoot Phil? And if so, why? I need to start my investigation by piecing together what happened in the hours and minutes leading up to the death of Phil Hartman and his wife Brynn.
2: May 27th, 1998, Encino, California, 6 p.m., the day before the deaths. Phil Hartman arrives back home following an afternoon buying supplies for a sailing trip. After a 20-year rise to the top of the entertainment industry, Phil's now the star of primetime comedy hit News Radio. A fourth series has just been commissioned. And Phil is taking the summer off to enjoy the trappings of his success. Every week, Phil and his wife of 11 years, Bryn, have a date night, just the two of them. Their two kids, Sean, nine, and Bergen, six, left with the nanny. No, tonight
4: is Wednesday.
2: But Phil's got the day wrong. Date night is tomorrow.
4: Thursday is date night. I have plans tonight.
2: Phil brushes off his mistake and decides to go back to the second love of his life, his boat. He will be dead in eight
1: hours.
3: On the surface, they were a really good couple, but I think he would prefer to be out on his boat or at work than to do the work at home to make a relationship spark. That was just how he
4: was. Bryn was the love of his life, but the impression I got was that Phil did not have his attention at home.
0: As I read Phil's autopsy report, it's clear that he was a fit and healthy guy.
2: There's no sign of heart disease or any other health issues. At 5 foot 10 and 210 pounds, his BMI is 30.1, so he's mildly obese. Born September 24th, 1948, in Ontario, Canada. Phil was the fourth child of eight. Always the entertainer at home and at school. After the family moved to California, Surfing became his passion.
3: Phil came from Canada, but he was a Californian through and through. He loved surfing.
1: When Phil Hartman got out of college, he didn't know exactly which direction he wanted to take. You know, it looked like, oh, maybe he's going to be a beach bum. To make money, Phil flipped burgers, became a roadie for his brother's band,
2: then a graphic designer.
3: When I first knew Phil, he was a pot-smoking hippie, making album covers for some of the greatest uh, rock music uh, legends, America, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young.
2: Despite his success as a graphic designer, in 1979, Phil decided to embrace his talent for comedy and joined the Groundlings, an improvisational comedy troupe based in Hollywood.
1: Once he started with the comedy, it was like a miracle. Suddenly, he was this master mime and impressionist. Uh, he was brilliant.
3: We all thought that Phil was destined for greatness.
2: Seven years later, Saturday Night Live called Phil to audition.
0: Think about it, he says. If you need me, I'll be in purgatory.
2: His screen test showcases his acutely observed impressions and incisive wit.
3: Lost to Papi. Poppy.
2: When SNL snapped Phil up, he was a mature 38 years old, but Phil's generosity as a performer soon earned the respect of the team, which included his old friend Donna Kaufman.
3: At that time, I was a writer on SNL, and during whatever sketch, he made all the other actors look better. He was known as the glue.
0: In the autopsy reports, I can see that both the were lying on a king size bed and Brynn was wearing white cotton pajamas. I also see in the report soot material present around her mouth, and the projectile enters the hard palate. It tells me that the muzzle of that weapon was within her mouth when that weapon was discharged. She wanted to make no mistake. I need to know whether she was equally determined to kill her husband. We need to dig deeper into what this relationship was all about.
2: The American public felt that they knew Phil Hartman from his TV appearances. But Bryn was more of a mystery. May 27th, 1998, 7 p.m. With Phil out shopping, Bryn leaves the nanny in charge of the kids and gets ready to go out by herself.
4: Bryn was stunning. I met her in the early 80s, and I thought she was a Barbie doll, a, a, a cute, funny Barbie doll. At that time, she was a bikini model, but also angelic, very sweet, a good person.
0: I can see from the report that Brynn has surgical scars beneath both breasts, and that's typical for breast enlargement surgery. She also has evidence of facial cosmetic surgery.
4: We would drive each other to various uh, eye peels, uh, injections, you know, stuff like that. One thing about Bryn, Bryn was ambitious. That's why she came to Los Angeles. She wanted to be in show business.
2: Born in April 1958 in Thief River Falls, Minnesota, Vicky Jo Omdahl began modeling in her hometown before moving to L.A. in her 20s and changing her name to Bryn. She was introduced to Phil Hartman in 1985. They married two years later. By then. 39-year-old Phil had already been married twice.
1: He saw Bryn, he thought, that's it, that's my next wife. I believe in his mind was, it's about time I had kids.
4: She met Phil and she just loved Phil. He made her feel good. Also, though, I think she had hope. Knowing Phil, he was connected, he was on his way up, he could help her.
3: When they first got together he promised her that he would look out for her as an actor and as a comedian and help get her roles.
2: 7:30 p.m the Hartman's home Encino California seven hours to Phil's murder Bryn tells the nanny she'll be back by the children's bedtime but they'll never see their mother again. Buca di Beppo, Ventura Boulevard, Los Angeles. Throughout ten years of marriage, Bryn has held on to her Hollywood dreams, and tonight she's meeting a producer. Bryn's known Christine Zanders since Phil worked with her on Saturday Night Live.
3: You know, here's a, a, a woman who writes comedy for other women. Maybe she was hoping to inspire Christine to write a part for her in a movie or something because that's how she reacted to me Uh, please write something for me
2: despite her ambition Bryn is acutely aware that her show business career has so far failed to ignite she's just turned 40 and has nothing to show for it apart from a small role in Third Rock from
1: the Sun
3: let's go gentlemen
1: she played a Venusian, the third rock from the sun. That was her biggest accomplishment as an actress.
4: It was pretty obvious her career was not going to happen. It was hard on her.
0: The toxicology report shows that there's sertraline in Bryn's system when she dies. Sertraline is a component of Zoloft, an antidepressant. It's very similar in action to Prozac. Sertraline acts on the brain to inhibit the reabsorption of dopamine. Dopamine is a feel-good neurotransmitter and has a calming effect on the amygdala, the brain's fear-processing center. This alleviates depression
2: and anxiety. April 1998. Four weeks before the deaths and a couple of weeks after her 40th birthday, Bryn told friends that she'd been prescribed Zoloft by her son's doctor.
3: I think 40 is... A line in the sand to a lot of women, especially those who invest themselves in looking good. And she might have thought, where's my career? Uh, I can't gain a pound. I can't have a wrinkle. She might have just felt overwhelmed by turning 40
5: antidepressants certainly work for for some people they don't feel as low they feel more positive the downside is is that they feel that any gains they're making are just because of the drugs and not because they're learning to cope with their mood better
0: the fact that Brent's on antidepressant medications tells me there are psychological cracks but there's nothing that suggests a total breakdown
1: phil said i, I literally have to restrain her
4: Police are still piecing together the details of a tragedy that has shocked the entertainment world.
1: When
2: Phil Hartman and his wife Bryn were found shot to death in their Hollywood home, TV news speculated that Bryn had shot Phil before turning a gun on herself. Now medical examiner Dr. Michael Hunter is investigating their deaths.
0: From what I've discovered so far, it's clear that Bryn shot herself. The question is, did she shoot Phil and if so, why? I can see that the bullet that killed Bryn was a 38 caliber round. That's the same type of round that struck Phil three times. On the face of it, it suggests that you're dealing with the same weapon that was found in her hand. But further along in the police report, there's a surprise. It states that a different gun was used in each of the killings. A Charter Arms 38 caliber was used to kill Bryn, and a Smith & Wesson 38 killed Phil.
2: 9.30 p.m. Phil's been back home for one and a half hours. He sent the nanny home, put the kids to bed.
0: When I look through Phil's toxicology results, there are no drugs of abuse. The only substance that's identified is an over-the-counter decongestant.
2: Phil had told the nanny he was feeling tired, so perhaps he's having an early night. Bryn had gone out to meet a friend two hours ago, telling the nanny she'd be home by now. While Phil sleeps, his Smith & Wesson 38 is in its usual hiding place in the closet. But that isn't the only gun in the house. Phil had given Bryn her own handgun as a gift for her 40th birthday.
0: Phil's laid-back attitude to handguns is somewhat surprising to me, Given the fact there's evidence that Bren has a volatile temper. And this temper would flare up in domestic arguments.
1: Phil Hartman told a friend, he said I, I literally have to restrain her. You know, I have to grab her arms, grab her hands until she stops trying to hit me.
3: I was really horrified that he was so tone deaf to give her a gun. You know, that was just a bad choice.
2: It's 9.30 p.m. Phil has five hours to live. Bryn's out with her friend, producer Christine Zander, in a bar just a couple of blocks from her home.
3: Bryn was in good spirits. Everything was upbeat. I think they had Cosmopolitans.
0: From the investigator's report, I can see that her alcohol intake was quite modest during the early evening hours. But the level of alcohol in her blood post-mortem is 0.12%, and that's well over the limit for driving under the influence. So over the evening, she's accumulated a lot of alcohol. That's a red flag.
2: Alcohol suppresses neural activity in the frontal cortex, where rational thinking takes place. This leads to the disinhibition we associate with drunken behavior and the dominance of the primitive, emotionally driven parts of the brain. People are much more likely to act irrationally
0: when intoxicated, and I see this all the time. But alcohol
2: isn't the only intoxicant in Bryn's body.
0: Further along in the toxicology report, I see that Bryn has cocaine in her system. She has a 0.03 milligrams per cent in her blood. And she also has 2.3 milligrams per in her urine. What's more significant is that she has a relatively high level of benzolikinine in the blood, which is the breakdown product of cocaine. Looking at this, it appears that she's been using cocaine within the 12 hours leading up to her death.
2: Cocaine acts on the brain's neurons to prevent the reabsorption of chemicals called neurotransmitters. These flood the reward centers of the brain, causing cocaine's characteristic high. But that same process distorts judgment and exaggerates emotional responses. Bryn's substance abuse goes back more than 15 years.
4: Bryn did a lot of coke, a lot of quaaludes. That's what we did. It was the 80s. We went to meetings together to recover from addiction. She had to be there because it was ruining her life and she couldn't stop.
0: Used over time, cocaine will change the way the brain functions and it will reinforce addiction. It'll decrease the number of neurotransmitter receptors and because of that, it can lead to intense cravings.
2: 9.45 p.m. Less than five hours before Phil's death. Bryn's been chatting to her friend Christine Zander for a couple of hours. After nursing two cocktails all evening... Bryn asks Christine if she wants to move on to another bar. But Christine can't stay out any later. While her friend's in the restroom, Bryn makes a call. Christine later said she was worried that when Bryn left her, she may be going to buy drugs. She knows Bryn's struggle with addiction has already threatened to destroy her relationship with Phil. A year earlier, tensions came to a head. Mother's Day, 1997. Bryn arrives home late, drunk and high on cocaine.
1: Phil just went absolutely nuts. He said to her, if you can't control yourself, if this is how you're going to be, I am leaving, we are getting a divorce.
3: He gave her an ultimatum about getting into rehab or I will take the children. Are you talking
2: about- the next day, Bryn checked into rehab in Arizona but left after just five days.
3: Bryn said,
1: I don't need to be here, Phil.
5: Not being able to to accept that one has a problem is is a recipe for disaster, because the longer you do this, the more you destroy relationships, the more you destroy your ability to cope, and this is precisely what was happening in this situation.
0: So far, I've found cocaine and alcohol in Bryn's system. These two things together can cause a confrontation to spiral completely out of control but I'm not seeing the reason for that confrontation in the first place.
2: The spark. 10.15 p.m. Studio City. Bryn left Christine Zander half an hour ago and has driven to her friend Ron Douglas's house across town. Uh, Cheers. Phil will be dead in just over four hours.
1: Ron and Bryn had been lovers before she ever met... Phil. <laughs> Phil had an inkling that they might have once been together, but he didn't really mind it. You know, as long as there's no problem, don't ask.
2: According to Ron, Bryn tried to call Phil a couple of times, but he didn't pick up.
5: Maybe this was a ploy to, to make uh, Phil jealous. She's trying very loud and clear to say to him, see me, hear me.
4: When I talked to Bryn, heard Prime directive was to get his attention and focus at home.
5: Over the
2: years, Bryn had sometimes resorted to extreme methods to get her husband's attention. In 1992, while working on Saturday Night Live, writer Donna Kaufman saw Bryn in action.
3: Bryn was a flirty girl. One day, uh, when all the writers and actors were sitting around the table at SNL... Brynn stopped by, and she started sitting on different guys' laps. I felt weird about it, and I was mortified. I just didn't think that that was respectful for Phil. But he didn't seem upset by it. He didn't seem to care.
2: But the bedroom was the usual place for Brynn to corner Phil.
3: (laughs) You're so
0: perfect. This way.
3: Phil was not somebody who wanted to get into um, fights and disputes. He would clam up. He would just rather go to bed or just tune her out.
2: Their friends could see that the Hartman's relationship had serious issues.
3: Where she might have been over the top with anger, Phil's passivity was tremendously frustrating. It's like talking to someone who's not there. That's kind of fire and ice.
5: Phil and Bryn have very different ways of dealing with the problem. She wants to discuss it, but seems to to find the worst times to kind of connect with him. He, on the other hand, seems to have quite an avoidant personality. doesn't really want to talk about it, doesn't really want to address it. So it's sort of the worst case scenario. These things together were kind of a really dangerous mix.
2: 11.45 p.m. Studio City. Brin and Old Flame Ron Douglas are sharing a few beers. Ron suggests Brin head home. He later said that the last thing he wanted was a phone call from Phil, demanding to know where his wife was. Nobody knows where Brin got the cocaine that she was taking that night, but the coroner was certain that she was using the drug shortly after she got home. And within hours, both she and her husband would be dead. Bryn. You coming out? Hey, it's Dr. Michael Hunter.
0: Did you know you can stream the Autopsy television series on Roku and Fire TV? Well, you can. Just download the Reels app and subscribe to see the TV show behind this podcast. And if you've got Prime, it's on Amazon channels, too. You could even find episodes like Gary Shandling, Tom Petty, and Batman's Adam West before they're released here. Autopsy comes from the real-life mystery fans at Reels Channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. That's
2: R-E-E-L-Z.com. On May 28th, 1998, the deaths of Phil and Bryn Hartman were headline news.
4: Funeral services are scheduled for later this week for comedian Phil Hartman and his wife Bryn.
2: Dr. Michael Hunter's investigation has revealed that Bryn had long-standing issues with substance abuse, and had a volatile temperament.
0: From her autopsy, it's clear that Brynn shot herself. The question is, did she shoot Phil? And if so, why? I have to dig deeper to understand the dynamics of the relationship between the Hartmans. In
2: 1992, six years before their deaths, both Phil and Bryn Hartman appeared on Howard Stern's TV show. Phil Hartman of Saturday Night Live. Oh, you, your beautiful wife, Bryn.
3: Bryn is your name? No, Bryn is a nickname. Phil was happy, always happy, to show off Bryn because she was so beautiful and um, that he had two children with her. It was just a moment of pride with him.
1: Phil says that this will probably be his last season on Saturday Night Live. That's true.
3: Phil
2: revealed to Stern that he was about to quit Saturday Night Live to star in his own primetime
3: show. And you're writing a sitcom? Writing a pilot. When Phil left SNL, he had a deal for an NBC pilot of his dreams, The Phil Show.
4: It's going to be very different and somewhat ambitious.
2: Phil had insisted that Bryn would co-star with him, finally making good on his promise to give her acting career a boost.
3: She was just in hog heaven. She... She finally felt that she had the chance to show what she knew was in her heart and to come out and uh, be a talent on her own.
2: But the Phil show was canceled before reaching air, when Phil chose instead to sign up to star in a new sitcom, News Radio.
3: Brynn was very depressed when she found out that the Phil show wasn't going to happen.
5: This is a woman that saw this as her last chance, and her husband steps to the plate, which just makes it so heartbreaking when it was then taken away. At this point, Bryn will have seen Phil as having betrayed her, and as a consequence, there's almost a sense of paranoia around, you know, who this person is that she, she thought she knew well, but actually did this thing to her.
2: Bryn's growing insecurities came into lurid focus around 1997, when she began to suspect that Phil was leading a secret gay life.
1: Phil would often go off with the guys on weekends. They'd go fishing or he'd do some surfing. And she suddenly got the idea in her head that, well, maybe this one guy he's with more than anybody, Phil's having a a gay affair with him. And she actually hired a private investigator to see if they were on the up and up.
2: To nobody's surprise, Brin's investigation came to nothing.
1: The idea that he was gay was just bizarre.
5: The fact that she, she chooses to focus on the idea that he's having a gay relationship may have been because that would have allowed her to feel the demise of the relationship had nothing to do with her. If he wanted men and she was a woman, then she was the victim in this.
0: So far I've discovered a troubled psychological background and a history of addiction And that can be the building block for reckless behavior.
2: May 28, 1998, 1 a.m., Encino, California. Fifteen minutes after leaving Ron Douglas's house in Studio City, Brynn arrives home. With both alcohol and cocaine
0: in her system... Bryn's level of disinhibition and her emotionally charged behavior is going to be ramping up. In contrast to Phil, he has no alcohol in his system, just a decongestant, and he's fully in control of his faculties. What happens next is purely speculation, but given their history, we can assume that they had an argument.
5: There are a number of things they could have been arguing about, the fact that she's at an ex-lover's house, the fact that she was still doing drugs. It almost doesn't matter. What's relevant here is that she's angry, and this time he's going to hear her. This is about waking him up and making him listen.
2: It's possible their argument climaxed with Grin confronting Phil with her ongoing suspicions that he was being unfaithful.
4: The last time I talked to her, she said, Phil's having an affair. I said, what? No, why, what? She was paranoid-sounding because she had no evidence. But I know she was accusing him of having an
5: affair. Phil's usual strategy is, instead of reacting, is to retreat. That just feeds her anger more.
2: From the autopsy report, we know that around now, Bryn changes into her pajamas. The coroner reported that Bryn took cocaine within five hours of her death which means that about 90 minutes after getting home, she was using the drug. It's about 2.30 a.m. From Phil's autopsy report, we know he's wearing a t-shirt and boxer shorts lying under the sheets. He's probably asleep. We'll never know precisely what comes next, but something happens in Bryn's mind. ...that makes her behavior spiral out of control.
5: It's very likely that she would have had a complete break with reality. So there was almost a, a psychotic episode.
0: She shoots him once in the neck. The second bullet traverses the arm and re-enters the body, lodging in the liver.
2: Sometime around now, at the other end of the corridor... Nine-year-old Sean wakes up. He thinks he hears a door slamming. The third bullet
0: is from point-blank range to the head, just above the nose. And this does not exit.
2: One of the kids reported hearing their mother's voice. According to the police report, Phil
0: was likely killed around 2.30 a.m., now, Bren has a chance to calm down, but in this intense state that she's in, under the influence of cocaine, we don't know what exactly happened. I can also see in the report that events take a bizarre turn. Bren leaves the house.
2: It's 3.45 in the morning. Four hours after leaving Ron's house, Bryn has turned up on his doorstep again. Ron later told a journalist what happened.
1: She's completely out of it. She's acting like she said some kind of a drug episode. It really screwed up. She said to Ron, I shot Phil. I killed him. He was, what?
2: Ron ignores Bryn's confession. He figures they just had another fight. He wants her out of his house and tries to sober her up. Just before 6 a.m., Ron figures she's capable enough to drive home. But she'll only go if he follows her.
1: As they're talking, she has her purse, and she drops her purse, and a gun falls out on the floor. What the hell is this? He sees the gun is loaded. What the heck? Ron
2: follows Bryn's car for 15 minutes across town. As she drives, (laughs) Bryn makes a garbled call to a friend, trying to explain what's happened. At 6 a.m., Bryn and Ron arrive at the Hartman's house. He's dead. Oh, my God. Ah. Ron wants to get away. But he's locked in the house. He calls the police. This is the actual recording. I, over. I think there's been a shooting here. We're going to send the police out there, okay? Okay. Now locked in the bedroom with her dead husband, Bryn calls her sister and begs her to take care of her children. Nine-year-old Sean has been woken by the noise and finds the spare key. 6.20 a.m., the LAPD take up position around the house. From Ron's 911 call, they know Bryn has already killed and assume she is armed. Bryn. Bryn retrieves her charter arms 38, Phil's final birthday gift.
3: LAPD, Brynn?
4: I remember what happened as well as I remember 9-11. My husband called. He said, turn the TV on. And I saw the bodies come out. I remember thinking, "Okay, this is crazy.
3: Well, it was just uh, one of the worst days ever. It was just devastating, just madness. It didn't make any sense for her to react like that.
0: My investigation has shown how events unfolded, but now I need to account for the extreme violence that Brynn unleashed on Phil. I'd like to understand more about her state of mind. And the autopsy report gives us important
2: clues.
4: The monster was actually inside of her. It was her chemistry. On May 28,
2: 1998... The murder of Phil Hartman by his wife, Brynn, and her subsequent suicide, shocked America.
3: Phil Hartman was already dead when police arrived.
2: Now, medical examiner Dr. Michael Hunter is taking a fresh look at the case.
0: On the night of the killings, I've discovered that Brynn was under the influence of alcohol and cocaine, and the relationship between the Hartmans was breaking down. My question is, why did Brynn kill Phil and then herself? It's very unusual for a female to be the perpetrator of a murder-suicide,
2: particularly when you have young children in the household. In the days after the deaths, the media struggled to make sense of Bryn's meltdown, and some believed that perhaps this was a love triangle.
1: What is known is that a source who was close to Bryn said that she had made a point of trying very hard to seduce Ron. She wanted to get back together with Ron, sexually. And she said to this source, once I get him in bed, he'll never be able to let me go.
2: But Ron's involvement doesn't end there. One theory is that when Bryn realized what she'd done, she decided to frame Ron for Phil's murder. That's why she went back to Ron's, to lure him to the scene of the crime. He only figured out what was going on when he got to the Hartman's house.
1: So Ron, as he's talking to the police, he's asked, where is the gun? And he says, well, you know, I have it. Where's the weapon now? It's uh, in my hand. And he thought, that's it. I've got the gun. It's in my hand. My fingerprints are on it. What is your name, sir? My name is Ron. Ron Douglas.
3: He would have had to have thought, oh, my gosh, am I going to get blamed for shooting Phil?
1: How do I know that she's not going to shoot me? and sell it to the cops that I shot Phil.
3: All these things would have to be going through any sane person's mind.
2: So is it possible that Bryn had lured Ron to the house so she could frame him for murder? When I look at the police report, it's
0: clear that this is not the case. Bryn is not trying to frame Ron because she's already admitted to murdering Phil. I
4: shot, I
0: shot Phil. Ron just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Ron can be forgiven for being paranoid. This was an extraordinary situation which he found himself in. I need to investigate further to get a better understanding of Brynn's state of mind. As I read Phil's autopsy report, I'm struck by the callous determination of his murder. She gets close, within two feet, and shoots Phil in the neck. Amazingly, the bullet misses the major blood vessels in the neck and causes only minor soft tissue damage. In my opinion, that first shot must have woken Phil up, because it looks like he brought his arm up to defend himself. But that did not deter Bren. The second bullet enters the arm, passes through, and re-enters the chest and liver. The hemorrhaging from this may have been fatal in and of itself. It's certain that Phil would have been conscious after this shot. Bren would have been very aware that he was not dead yet. The third bullet is fired point-blank between Phil's eyes. This bullet would have caused massive damage to the frontal and parietal cortex, leaving no chance for survival. In fact, the pattern of gunshot wounds suggests an execution.
5: The way that Brynn executes Phil, shoots him in between the eyes, it's almost inconceivable that she could have been in in her right state of mind. I think she surprised herself by killing Phil. And you can see immediately she says, I'm sorry. Now, whether she's saying that to Phil or whether she's saying I'm sorry to my kids, she's just sorry. She doesn't believe what she's done.
0: My investigation is almost complete, but I got to get my head around why did Brynn delay her suicide by four hours? I need to focus on that time frame. And because there's evidence in the autopsy report that has led some to believe that Brynn was not in her right state of mind through no fault of her own.
4: We go to the doctor because we're confused. We need help.
2: When Phil and Bryn Hartman were found dead in their bedroom, America was stunned. Answers may have to come from
0: the
3: Hartman's two children, a boy nine and a daughter six.
2: Medical examiner Dr. Michael Hunter has established that this was a murder-suicide with Bryn the perpetrator.
0: I've seen that Bryn's fragile psychological state was further destabilized by alcohol and cocaine she appears to be an accident just waiting to happen. But I've seen evidence that could shed a new light on the bizarre and terrifying events of that night. When Bren returns to Ron's house after killing Phil, Ron reports that she's falling in and out of consciousness. She's nauseous. She's confused. At the time, Ron thought that Bren was overdosing on some sort of drug. The account of Bryn's strange altered state deserves more investigation. Apart from alcohol and cocaine, the only other positive in the toxicology is sertraline. That's the active component of the antidepressant Zoloft.
2: In the month before the deaths, Bryn told friends that she'd been prescribed a starter course of Zoloft, a sample given out by the drug's manufacturer.
4: Bryn trusted her doctor. Her doctor gave her Zoloft. I mean, we go to the doctor because we're confused. We need help.
2: But as soon as Bryn started taking Zoloft, she complained to friends that the drug made her feel weird, like she was jumping out of her skin.
4: Bryn got caught in the trap of, I will take that to feel better even if it makes me feel worse.
2: So could Zoloft be behind Bryn's strange altered state?
0: It isn't easy to overdose on this sort of drug, But the side effects can be extreme. Zoloff can be associated with vomiting, disorientation, hallucinations, and on rare occasions, suicidal thoughts.
2: The Hartman family picked up on the similarities between Zolof's side effects and Bryn's weird condition at Ron's. She's confused, unsteady on her feet, has stomach pains, and nausea. (laughs) The family believed Zoloft could even be responsible for the deaths of their loved ones.
4: A lawsuit has been filed in the death of comedian Phil Hartman. In
2: 1999, the Hartman's estate filed a lawsuit against Pfizer, the pharmaceutical giant that makes Zoloft. Other cases refer to irrational outbursts of violence previously unseen in the users. Brin's family focused on the lack of warning that mixing Zoloft with alcohol was to be avoided. The Hartmans received an out-of-court settlement before the case was heard.
0: Zoloft is certainly a wild card in Brin's case, but the levels that I see in the toxicology are very low.
2: Not only that, Hunter has seen evidence of another powerful intoxicant in Bryn's body.
0: The use of alcohol and cocaine together form a compound called cocoethylene. And this was identified in the toxicology it enhances the euphoric effect of cocaine but also increases the side effects such as confusion nausea and delirium nevertheless Zoloff zoloft interacts directly with neurotransmitters and definitely has an effect with alcohol and probably with cocaine so even at the low doses i'm seeing zoloft can still be a player But in my experience, the combined effects of alcohol, cocaine, and cocoa ethylene is enough to explain the tremendous violence that we see from Bryn.
2: One last question remains. Why did Bryn wait four hours between murdering Phil and killing herself?
5: Murder-suicides usually take place when someone wants to punish their partner, wants to punish someone else. There's something about... Um, an equality of pain not only am i going to kill you but i know it's wrong i need the world to know that i know it's wrong so i'm going to pay the ultimate price too we have this four hour lag because in that interim it's sinking in imagine the horror of kind of coming to that that awakening that this is final and so eventually, when she comes to kill herself, she does so in a way that's just as violent and just as aggressive. She, she needs this to be over.
4: When she realized what she had done, Bryn was the kind of person who couldn't live with something like that. I know her to be a person who's not a monster. I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but she was a good
3: person. The combination of drugs and her raging anger from being ignored and in her mind mistreated, just exploded with the readiness of guns in the house.
2: The Hartman's two kids, Sean and Bergen, went to live with their aunt and uncle in Wisconsin.
3: They're grown now over 20. Sean is an artist and a musician, just like his dad and his uh, sister, Bergen, has the mother's tall, beautiful, all-American looks. And I think, you know, they could accomplish anything. If they want to come to Hollywood, people are going to make room for them in whatever they decide to pursue.
2: The Hartman kids dedicated a memorial to both their parents in Greenwood Cemetery, Thief River Falls.
1: Phil made people happy. No matter what show you tuned into and you saw Phil's face, you went, oh, Phil.
3: He was just a joy to work with and to write with. He was so fun. I think he could have done a lot more. So who knows where he could have gone.
0: This brutal and pointless murder of Phil by Bren and her subsequent suicide is an example of how a pathological psychology combined with psychoactive drugs can lead to this perfect, deadly storm. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at PodcastOne.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to Reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter.